In a world where options are limitless, but time is not, two heroes take a stand against injustice and overwhelming viewing choices. Starring Jane Ellen and Adam Cravens. A podcast that lets you know what's worth watching and what's not. From the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center, this is Binge or Cringe. Hello and welcome to Binge or Cringe. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. Gentlemen, this is a robbery. Who else are you speaking to? <laughs> I'm a gentleman? Like, this singular? is a robbery. This is a robbery is a, it's a limited series. When did we decide to not call them a mini-series? And now they're limited series. What what number? Maybe it's based on the amount um, of episodes like in there well this one has four episodes I guess okay that feels like a mini to me it's definitely not a it maxi does. it does anyway this is a robbery is something my children were already familiar with because they watch buzzfeed unsolved which can be very entertaining but every time i watch it i think well adam and i could have done that we just choose not to anyway so this is a robbery is in case you couldn't guess Unsolved, and it is the story of 13 works of art that were stolen from the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston. Boston. Yes. Uh, Ben Affleck does not make an appearance. And there's no khakis? Oh, you hear about the khakis. Okay, the khakis. Right, right. Uh, I mean, you're in Boston, so. So anyway, so this is a real thing that happened, and they do talk to a lot of the people who were actually around or saw this or saw that or had something to do with it. So here's what we got. By the way, I've never been in the gardener. It's breathtaking because on the outside, it's like eh, brick building. Who cares? But it's actually like an Italian villa and it has this amazing garden inside and every room has a theme. So it's not just picture, 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 picture. It's like a really cool place to go. Okay, so... Apparently what happens is you've got this stoner guard guy, okay? And uh, in you're not supposed to let anyone in. And it's like, I don't know, two, three in the morning. It's sometime in the overnight hours. And one guard is making the rounds. And then the other guy, the stoner guy, he is at the desk. And he sees two guys with Boston police uniforms on. And he goes, come on in. And then he buzz- he ha- you have to go through two sets of doors. He buzzes them through twice. Come on in. And that's when they say, gentlemen, this is a robbery. Then they go from room to room. They, they don't kill the guards, thank goodness. Uh, but they they did not steal works of art. Like, let's say you were a thief and you were going to steal some works of art. You would think, I don't know how much time I have. Maybe I have 10 minutes. I'm just going to, I know everything in here is important. I'm just going to take this, take this, take this. And if it's a small work of art, I'm just going to lift it off the wall because it's it's like four by four inches. I can I don't need to cut it out of the frame. I'm just going to lift it off the wall. And it didn't quite work out like that. Very specific things were gotten. And it was quite bizarre. And to this day, jumping ahead, it has not been solved. So the whole thing lays out this stuff about the Boston mob. Which I never realized was a thing. Well, of course, there's a mob everywhere, especially in Boston. So, first of all, you have you have uh, newspaper people who covered it. Then you've got lawyers who covered it. Then there are all these mobsters; they're all dead. And 
what they, the people, think happened is some people connected with organized crime found out that if something was stolen that was a precious work of art, a Rembrandt, if you could produce that Rembrandt to the FBI, it was a get-out-of-jail-free card. And so apparently mobsters decided, well, we just have something stolen just in case. That's, that's actually kind of a good idea. Because in, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, I don't, I don't rob places. But if I did, it seems like robbing money would be better. Like, it's harder. Like, yeah. can you really tell you know, one twenty from another, like people aren't going around memorizing the serial numbers on a 20 or a hundred mm -hmm. or, or a 50 or whatever. If I'm like, Hey, I've got the Mona Lisa, even though that thing may be very valuable. Whenever I go, I've got it. They're going to be like, wait. Yes. And now that's did, the problem. Did you, did you steal it? And I'll be like, no, 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 no. My family's had it for uh, years. So, uh, that's part of it. It's like, did someone steal it because they were hired to steal it? For, you know, let's say there's someone with tons of money in Europe and they said, I would just like to have this in my private home. Go steal it for me. Have a gajillion dollars. So that was the thing. And they were calling it the, the 007 theory. The and maybe they call it the Goldfinger theory. The idea that a someone like Doctor No was acquiring things just because they wanted it, and well, that was sure. that. I mean, that's that's a thing too. But the evidence seems to port to 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 point toward the mob, and the sister-in-law of someone who was supposedly connected with this. She says she helped hang up one of these photos photos, paintings, and she didn't know what it was. Plus, I didn't watch the news. So there were all these things about they've seen it, they haven't seen it, and it's really, really fascinating. It just really is because you'll see the old footage and it's fascinating. And now I just, I just want to know because they still have not been found. Uh, the, the biggest one, the one that the only, I guess, ocean picture that Rembrandt did, it's Jesus and the disciples on the storm, during the storm on the Sea of Galilee. And it's an extraordinary painting. And there are all these other paintings and such too. But that one, that's a huge deal because it's on the ocean and he didn't do a lot of that. Oceanscapes. So, and the fact that it's literally, it, it it's, a a, it's a Rembrandt. Yeah. yeah that's so, a big deal in and of itself. Like, even if he was just like, you know what, I'm... Uh, I'm going to do my version of Instagram posting my lunch. Like, here's me painting mm -hmm. painting a sandwich, uh, whatever. Uh, it's just a sandwich, but I'm Rembrandt. Yes. Booyah. Which is probably what he said all the time. I believe so. Translated from the original Latin. Yeah. Uh -huh. So it's it's really amazing. I mean, they they got people talking from jail. They got people ready to go to court. All of them get murdered. I mean, it does seem to point that the mob was somehow connected to this because everybody disappeared, like, you know, permanently. I, I think it's funny is not the word. No. Um, um, everyone's dying. So you're obviously thinking, Okay, well, this is one of two things. The government's involved or the mob is involved. But because now all your witnesses are dead, um, you can't actually point out who is doing it. Um, but the fact that they're all dying, it's probably the mob or possibly the government. And there was a part, I forget which guy it was, a wise guy, but 
Definitely a wise guy. The the day before he's supposed to testify against the mob, he's gunned down in front of his home. Now, let's just say I'm law enforcement, and let's just say there's a mobster turning against other mobsters. I'm just going to let him go home, you know, it hang was, out. Oh, but I mean, what do you, okay, what do you do when when the mob is I mean, I mean, wouldn't you think, especially since it's the day before he goes to court, that maybe they should have him somewhere else? Maybe not at his house, or yeah. You know, Jane, I, I know that you and I keep pointing fingers, but it <laughs> co- it really could just be an amazing coincidence. It could be. Anyway, uh, this is a robbery is very interesting. It's you can, I guess you can watch it with kids. I I don't remember seeing a lot of icky stuff, maybe language. I don't recall. Or, it was just interesting. Or just let them watch Paw Patrol. That's okay too. Yeah, uh, maybe that or just whatever Something. else kids are. I don't know but SpongeBob. Unsolved mysteries. I always go hmm, but this one is like, well, I want to know now. And actually, that's how it ended. At the very end, they put up each picture and they said, have you seen this? Because there's still a $10 million reward. Have you seen this? And so they're hoping that this someone will have seen it somewhere. Yeah, but if all these people are dying around it, even if there's a $10 million reward, $10 million isn't worth as much if I know that I'm dying tomorrow. Mm. Or or let's, okay, let's say I, I really pull it out and it's a week. I mean, I love I love ten million dollars as much as the next guy, but not at the cost of my life. What if? Okay, I'm listening. Much like in Fletch, but the real thing. What if you knew you had terminal something? You also knew where the painting was, so eh, you know. I might do it then, and I'll tell you right now, that's a romantic comedy I'd watch. Terminal mm. something. <laughs> With Tom Hanks, <laughs> so he could uh, he could do it. He he would make it. Uh, it'd be, it would definitely be charismatic uh, he and can lovable. Do anything. So um, this is a robbery. Is I think the sequel is going to be stick 'em up. This is bub. not a robbery. No. Oh, okay. We'll stick 'em right. up. Something like that. I don't See, know. I just keep hearing that line from Pulp Fiction. All right, everybody, be cool. This is a robbery. I can't. I can't say the next line because it's uh, it's laced with Quentin Tarantino esque uh, curses. Yeah, that's really not the kind of thing that you want to be saying right now. But it'd make a great name for the sequel, though. So, um, before I lose up. this thought, no, um, you're listening to Binge or Cringe. It's brought to you by Hinson Oakley Family Dentistry. Jane Ellen talking with Adam Cravens about what is worth watching, and you know that regularly I say to you. Hey, you haven't watched Good Omens yet. What's wrong with you? And then we go on about all the things wrong with you. So, this isn't Good Omens, but... But... David Tennant and Michael Sheen, who star in Good Omens, playing now on Amazon Prime. Uh, They have a show that they put together during the whole COVID thing called Staged. And it is on Hulu. Is it on a stage? Oh, no. And it's... Brilliant. Now, I don't know how much of this is scripted because, A, they're both extraordinarily talented actors, so what I know? And, B, it really is. They're, they're playing themselves or a version of themselves. I was going to say, well, how, how did they get into that character? I don't know. Did, and so they're... I felt as if he inhabited David Tennant. 
<laughs> it's so funny. How did you get in his head? Well, I, I lived his life for the entirety of mine. Uh huh. One day I played him. So, uh, Tennant's not his last name. Now, I've forgotten what it was, but they were saying what his name was and how he could start in something else. It was very funny, me telling it, not so much. But Staged has them learning how to do a video call, having other people be there when they shouldn't be there. Comedy ensues. But it doesn't seem forced at any time. It All of it seems completely off the cuff. And I'm just going to guess that in some of the cases, they just were directed, why don't you guys talk about this thing? And then we'll just pick the See what stuff. we get. Like right. ed- edit out, edit out the fluff. Like maybe trim some of the fat off the bacon. So I don't want you to think this is a reality show. It's not a thing like that. It's not cameras following them everywhere. It is either from a phone or from a computer. 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 Uh, and that's how you see people, and that's how they interact. There's no cutaways to so and so driving down. Nothing like that. Is that- and is that the, the music the noise. that plays that's when the there's a cutaway? <laughs> <laughs> Their wives are in it, and all sorts of all sorts of things. It is so very very funny, and they just they clearly have a great charisma and a great energy between the two of them. And so I could just you know listen to them talk to each other, which is pretty much what this is like. It's already got two seasons. It sounds cheap enough to produce. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. So the premise is they were doing a, they were hired to do a play together. They were just about to start blocking and all that kind of stuff. But then COVID hit. And so the theater was shut down. And they're like, well, I don't know what to do. And they want to do something because they're bored. And that's the premise. It's it's a good enough premise. And it's really funny. Honest to goodness, like even with Fantastic premises you can have things fail mm-hmm. uh, like uh the movie time cop it's a really cool idea for a movie like an organization that polices time uh, the fact that john claude van damme stars in it like is probably a bad sign if you ever see his name above a title um and then you have something like this in the wrong hands um a premise as stupid or as brilliant as that uh could go to nothing but I would say just with the the name of the two individuals that <laughs> if there was a movie poster for it would probably be above the title. You can you can it's like telling me, all right, Dwayne Johnson and what uh, one of one of his co- cohorts. Let's say. Ke- yeah. OK. Ke- mm-hmm. The two of them are in this. You've already got my attention. Oh, yeah. I really don't care what the premise is. If it's a great premise. That's fantastic. I'll really enjoy it and watch it multiple times. Oh, what? It's a dumb premise? Okay, then I'll only watch it a couple of times. It's probably still going to be entertaining. Now, because staged isn't super visual, it is, you know, and there are jokes and stuff, but you don't have to be really watching it. This makes a great listen if you want to turn it on and then don't watch TV while you drive. But, you know, you can listen to this and understand what's going on. And it's, I find it incredibly entertaining. And I cannot say how good it is enough. And there, there are other people who will pop in as well, like someone named Samuel Jackson. Almost uh, feels like, uh, to a certain extent, like maybe a Curb Your Enthusiasm, like where they're playing characters that they're not exactly characters. They're playing themselves, mm-hmm. but it's not like autobiographical. 
But their characters happen to have their names, and you know other celebrities pop up, and they're also playing themselves. Maybe an exaggerated version of themselves. Not for nothing. Curve Your Enthusiasm is a pretty funny show. Mm-hmm. Now, what I didn't know about Michael Sheen, I always forget that, and I'm sure you're very familiar with the Twilight films. Yes. Yes. Forward was, and back. The Twilight Zone film? No. Yeah, he, no. He was in them. Yeah, but I, I'm going to go ahead and put this out there. They probably paid him a lot of money. Exactly. To do that. But I forget that. And on 30 Rock... He was the one that was fated to be with Liz Lemon because they kept running into each other. And he was horribly dull. And his name was Wesley Snipes. I'm going to remind you as well. Dame Judi Dench is in one of the Riddick movies. Okay. Um, Judi Dench, like, she knows how to act. Are the Riddick movies good? In a word, no. So here's something I simply didn't know about him because I didn't know. I I looked it up because I didn't know if the women who were their wives were their wives or were they actresses. I didn't know. David Tennant's wife is in it. They've been married for, I don't know, 20 some years. And uh, um, Michael Sheen's wife is in it as well. As his wife? As his wife. Okay. And they got married in 2019. He has also been married to Kate Beckinsale, Rachel McAdams. And Sarah Silverman, yes. Does he? Plus Lorraine Stewart, and now he's currently married to Anna Lundberg. I had no idea. I didn't know Sarah Silverman was ever married, but she was married to Michael Sheen for a couple of years, so I just had no idea. Does he? Does it, is he just doing marriage bingo? Maybe like, that. That seems like an unusual amount. I know, of, right? A, and some like some people of note, like at that. I was just so surprised. Like what? So. I, I also had no idea Sarah Silverman had ever been married. Right. I thought it was Jimmy Kimmel, and then we didn't know the guy, and now she has some guy, but I don't know if they got married or not, but, you know, she's been with some guy for a while. But, it, like, it, that's a name notable enough. It feels like I would remember. As right. many stupid, useless facts right. as if I have in my head, that feels like one that should have been in there before Listen. now. And if you're unfamiliar with Michael Sheen now, he plays the crazy dad in Prodigal Son. You know, the one that's a doctor, but he's a serial killer. But he's a doctor, but he's in jail. And he helps his son solve crime. So it's almost like Silence of the Lambs? Almost. Only a bit more, you know, bonding. He's a lot nicer. Less less bondy and less, like, eating people. Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's better. So I highly... Highly recommend watching. What's it called again? Oh, staged. <laughs> staged. I highly recommend it, and I also recommend watching Good Omens on Amazon Prime. Staged is on Hulu now. So, thank you so much for listening to Binge or Cringe. I'm Jane Ellen, and I'm Adam Cravens. You've been listening to Binge or Cringe. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.